Hello, and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness, and you're tuned in to Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki, and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talents. Our motto sisters in music, together we are stronger. My guest today is a Miami-based American singer-songwriter and fire performer. If Lana Del Rey, Matt Bellamy from Muse, and Sebastian Bach from Skid Row had a love child, she would be it. Her style of singing ranges from sultry sweet to in-your-face battle cries, and the songs she writes have a purpose. As a spokesperson in the recovery community, she has redirected a lot of her emotions and life experiences into her songwriting. Her hope is to raise awareness around mental health and addiction by sharing her story and delivering an encouraging message through her music. Please join me in welcoming the awesome Megan Morrison. Megan, welcome to Mixing It. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You are most welcome. I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm really looking forward to letting everyone hear your awesome music. I am so addicted. I can't stop listening, so I'm really excited to share some of the tracks that you brought with you. But first, tell us a little bit how you got started in music. Well, I started singing at a really young age. Music kind of found its way into my life. My mom was an organist at our church. Uh, My grandfather, her father, was a self-taught musician and composer and conductor as well. And so it kind of was in my blood. So I, I sang a lot when I was little, and my mom said she could hear me harmonizing with the, the vacuum cleaner or dry cleaner when I was like an infant or something like that before I could talk. So, so I know it's always been there. I've always just kind of had a connection, and, and singing was just always something that I did. I sang my first solo in church when I was I think four or five they let me sing take me out to the ball game because that's the song that I knew (laughs) so so that's that's where my career started there but then from there I, I got really passionate about music and eventually got into doing musicals and plays and then I went on to study classical voice performance in college oh how wonderful and who are some of your musical influences? I know we mentioned in the introduction that you feel that your your voice or even like the material that you're performing is a mixture of three very unique individuals, if you will, in the music space. But who are yeah. some of your influences maybe that kind of drive your songwriting or your performances well for so for influences in in, you know in recent years muse uh matt bellamy that is they're probably my favorite band and just the style of music that they write and also his singing style 
just really speaks to me and I really identify with it because his vocals are almost sounding like a classical, like a classically trained singer, which is kind of, I always, I had a hard time with that because I came out of college with this classically trained voice. But then when I decided I wanted to sing rock music, I felt like it didn't fit. And I was always trying to get that real raspy, real rock sounding voice. And that wasn't really my voice. And as much as I tried, it, it just wasn't me. So then when I heard his music and I heard his vocals, I was like, oh, wait, you know, this is this is a guy doing the kind of music that I want to do, but he also kind of has a voice like mine and it sounds amazing. So maybe I can do this. So he's been a huge influence of mine. Going further back, Robert Plant, uh, Led Zeppelin, that's probably the, the first, the earliest connection I have with rock music was singing Led Zeppelin with my dad and my mom too, but especially my dad and I would um, we'd put on um, those albums and just kind of rock out when I was young, and that really got me into rock music. And then, of course, Axl Rose, Guns N' Roses, kind of along the Sebastian Bach line, you know, his kind of crazy vocals, like you'll you'll hear in my songs that I, I can get pretty high and pretty in your face. So that I guess I can contribute some of that to listening to a bunch of Guns N' Roses when I was younger. But I, I have a lot of soul influences <laughs> as well, a lot of... Um, a lot of jazz, like I loved Ella Fitzgerald. My mom and I used to listen to a lot of jazz when I was younger and a lot of Stevie Wonder and a lot of gospel music. So you kind of hear like all those influences in my album, my most recent album that kind of like starts off with a classical piece, ends with a uh, gospel piece and is rock music all the way in between. So that's like, I, I kind of like to think I, I took all my influences and put them all together in an album. Well, we're going to talk about the album in just a minute, but that's a very eclectic group of influences, and I can certainly hear the Muse influence and the Robert Plant influence. I'm, I'm laughing about the Axl Rose piece because I've seen them play live, and yeah, he can get really wild in your face. So. Yeah. And I've seen Muse as well. It's really interesting is, there are actually quite a few artists, including myself, that started out being classically trained. I'm actually originally classically trained as well, that end up switching and going into, you know, rock, pop. I'm actually getting ready to do some contemporary blues. It's actually not as uncommon as you might think. And yeah, the Muse, yeah, I mean, the Muse reference actually he does have that kind of classical vibe to him, if you will, when he does sing. But I love them. They're absolutely fantastic. So great. Absolutely. And I I know that now, too, about, uh, you know, a lot of people being classically trained. But back when I first started singing rock music, I, I just didn't make the connection between the two. But, yeah, with Muse, I, I actually saw, I'll tell you something funny really quick. The second song on the album, Appetite for Freedom, was just awarded as a finalist in the Great American Song Contest. And on the judging comments, because uh, they give you comments on each of your songs, one of the judges said, I really love the Muse-like vibe <laughs> as part of as part of the <laughs> comments. And I was like, wow, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Oh my God! That's I've amazing. made it. Congratulations! <laughs> so, yeah, so that was no. a huge compliment that's, to me. 
But that's wonderful, and that's great because that contest is tough. Yeah, I, I just found out a few days ago that, that I was a finalist in the rock category, so that was a really huge deal for me. I, um, I was also a finalist for the same song in the USA songwriting competition, so these two are my first like songwriting. I mean, I wasn't a winner, but I'd still like to call it an award because I, I was a finalist, so that's kind of, you know, you put out this music and you think it's great, but then you're like wondering, like, you know, is it really good? And not that I need validation from anyone, but this is, it's a really good feeling when you get something like this and you're like, okay, like if someone, if industry professionals are saying that's worthy of, of this, then I guess I, I did an okay job. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on that. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about the album, Appetite for Freedom. What was the inspiration behind it? Appetite for Freedom, it tells a personal story of redemption and, and rebirth. I started writing these songs after ending a long battle with addiction, uh, and depression, and anxiety. I decided after after a few months or after a year or so that I, I really wanted to be open about my recovery journey and I decided I wanted to do it through my music and I wanted to tell a story of, I, I am in recovery myself and so I wanted to tell a story of how my addiction felt and the joy that I received once I was able to break free from it and I want listeners to be able to relate and hopefully feel inspired and you know now it's such a great time not just being vocal about addiction but just uh, about mental health awareness I know you mentioned that in my my intro but you know so many people are just struggling out there and and I really want them to be able to listen to my music and feel like they're not alone because we're all struggling with something and not not everyone struggles with addiction and that's not my album is not just for people that have struggled with addiction, but just people that are, you know, trying to get through life and trying to figure it all out and figure themselves out. So, so that was kind of the main purpose of this album was to tell my story, but to also encourage people to, you know, to make a change in their lives. And I think both of those are very, very important. And I think that it's wonderful that you're using your platform to encourage or support, if you will, I guess this is kind of the same thing. Um, others that may be going through something similar, regardless of whether it's uh, the addiction or even mental health. Mental health is a very important topic that I don't think that people talk about enough. I think mm -hmm. that they shy away from that. So I applaud you for creating something that is based around that, but also potentially could help or heal or at least, you know, provide somebody with, hey, I'm not alone. I'm not here by myself. And I love that. I think it's it's absolutely wonderful coming from a background of having a family member that struggled with addiction. I can certainly relate to that piece. And then having kids that actually have had some mental health challenges and things like that. So I can relate to that too. So it's not just yourself that you're impacting with your music, you're impacting others. And I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. For me, when I was first getting sober, 
what was really helpful was to kind of research other artists that were also sober. And when I found out, like, some of my heroes that were in recovery, like um, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, he's one of my favorite artists. And, you know, Elton John, Eminem, um, Florence from Florence and the Machine. And it's just like when I started learning about these people, I was like, oh, man, like, I I guess I'm not such a – a failure and not a failure, but I just felt really alone in the beginning. And then when I found out that all these amazing, brilliant artists were also dealing with the same thing, it really encouraged me to be vocal about it and say, you know what, like, there's nothing wrong with me. This is just, you know, this is just the way my life is. This is, um, you know, uh, something that I, I, I guess was born with and, you know, here's how I'm dealing with it. I unfortunately, I lost my dad to addiction back in 2010, and so I just, I saw him suffer, and I don't want anyone to have to go through what he went through. Um, It's it's really hard dealing with addiction, but it's also just as hard um, having someone you love go through it as well. So this is, my music is meant to heal anyone that, that may be going through that. Well, our condolences on the loss of your father. Um, I can also relate to that as well, having lost my brother to addiction. So we have, unfortunately, that scenario in common, and it is yeah. often more more common more common than you think. Let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Let's talk about fill me up. I want to put this on and play this for everyone. I was actually listening to it before we started our interview and I love this song. Tell us what this song is about. Thank you so much. Uh, So Fill Me Up is the last track on my album and it is an uplifting celebratory gospel anthem that is meant to leave listeners feeling motivated and inspired and it's you know, my, my, if you listen to all the songs in order that are on my album, it, it starts really dark and, um, I, you know, you kind of go through a journey, kind of hear what I went through, but I wanted it to end where I am now and where I am now, it's just, um, you know, I finally know who I am and I finally feel peace and I finally feel happiness and I finally feel love and, and, and I, I want to give that back to people. So what what better way to celebrate this than gospel music? So it's kind of a rock pop gospel anthem, I guess, influenced by my gospel music that I used to listen to with my mom when I was younger. Because when I listen to gospel music, I, even just now talking about it, I feel like the hair is standing up on my back and my neck because it gives me a feeling like no other music and it, it moves me to tears and it's like, you know, and you, just talking about it brings, you know, wells of tears in my eyes and it, it affects me that much. So that's why it was so important for me to leave people with just this powerful song and emotions of like, you know, what, a, what, a, what do I do next? You know, I ha- I can do anything with my life. The meaning behind it is, well, in the chorus, it says, drain the cup, fill me up. So drain the cup for me, that was drain the cup of alcohol, drain it of anxiety, depression, and just fill me up with love and life and laughter. That's what this song is about. Well, we're going to put it on for everybody. This is Fill Me Up by Megan Morrison. 
I mentioned, it is a fantastic song. It is one of the ones that I have been listening to almost on repeat of yours. It is definitely motivating. I love the blend of the different genres in it. One of the things that happened to me when I first started listening to it, and this is my one of my catalysts of this is a really, really good song, is I got goosebumps. So when I listen to things and I get goosebumps, I'm like, oh, you know, so your song did that for me. From the Thank you. moment that I first started listening. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, and, and I will be blunt. There are not many people that can do that. To me, excellent, excellent, well-written song and definitely accomplished what you were trying to do. So nice job. I'm truly honored by that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I know we've talked about recovery. We've talked about some of the things that you've gone through. We've talked about how, you know, you're leveraging your music to convey message of healing, convey message of support. Is there anything else that you've maybe uh, implemented in your life that is pulling from some of the experiences that you've gone through and and how is that how are you trying to get your message of support and encouragement to your fans so i i just like to be really open and honest uh, on social media to kind of let everyone know what i'm going through um i think a lot of people are you know, kind of put up this front on social media, and I I am guilty of it sometimes, um, but I really try to to be honest on there. I also go to um, treatment centers, and I speak to uh, other people in recovery, especially women in recovery. I connect with women on a daily basis in recovery and just try to help them get their lives turned around. And so I really try to live the message of my music just on a day-to-day basis. I try to put out into the universe what I'd like to receive and and just kind of do my best to try to make this world a better place and not let anger and frustration get the best of me on days when I easily could. So I I just kind of try to practice what I preach. Yeah, but that's wonderful right and i think it's really important that you're paying it forward if you will right you're paying it forward in terms of going and and visiting shelters or facilities or even recovery centers to work with other people who have gone through this and that's very very important because a lot of times you know when you're struggling for whatever reason whether it be you know, a mental health issue or an addiction issue, it's really hard to move past even the simplest thing. And a lot of times somebody who has gone through it and understands and really understands is what you need to get over that hurdle. So I think that's wonderful that you're doing that and and leveraging your experiences to help other people. I really commend you and really proud to share the things that you're doing because I think it's really important. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. You're welcome so much. All right. Let's talk about songwriting. 
Tell us a little bit about your songwriting style. Well, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I, 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 wish I, I had a, a, a formula, but um, generally ideas come to me at inconvenient times, like when I'm driving or when I'm not in a safe situation to write down lyrics. So thank God for voice memos, and my phone is full of voice memos because oftentimes when I'm driving is when a lot of ideas come to me. And sometimes melodies come first, and I'll kind of get a hook in my mind and then fit the lyrics to it. Sometimes a lyric will just pop into my head, and I'm like, oh, that's great. So I have, like, a book of lyrics that I write down, like, you know, lyrics that, that don't have a song yet. And then sometimes when I have then a melody that's like, oh, that would that's what that lyric belongs in, then I'll start to write the whole song. And usually that's me sitting at the piano or strumming on an acoustic guitar um, is kind of how I... I get it started, and then I'm very grateful to have a very talented co-writer, my friend Tony Alarcon, who is actually, little did we know when we started a band together that we're both involved in the recovery community, and he's actually um, a therapist at an addiction treatment center, so <laughs> that was not planned. That just kind of, that was the universe making that happen, so so he really gets my music, and so he's an amazing guitar player and all the song all the guitar that you hear on the album is him and he helped um, do a lot of the instrumentation on the album so uh, it's been great to have him uh, as well as my my mixing engineer so usually I'll have I'll have a lyric lyrics and melody and then I would take it to the band and then we would just kind of fumble around with it or you know I would hear like a certain guitar part in my head and and hum it, and I play guitar, but I'm not a great player, so then, you know, I'd kind of hum it, and he would fix it so it worked a little bit better, and that, that's kind of how it all gets created. I love that. Beautiful chaos. Yeah. It is what it is. I know the feeling. It is what it is, <laughs> yeah. You know, especially coming, you know, going to school for music, I'm like, I feel like I, I always felt like I should have a more uh, – strategic way about writing my songs but it just you know I can't just sit down and write it just doesn't work out that way in my in my brain so I gotta take it take it when it comes yes and there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all one of the questions that I ask all of my songwriters is do you have a songwriting tip or trick that you would like to share that's a good question I don't know if I've ever been asked that for me I do my best writing when my head is completely clear. So a lot of times if I'm just sitting in my house and trying to work on a song, I have a lot of thoughts coming in and out and, oh, I need to be doing this or, you know, just like distracting thoughts. But if I go for a drive or if I go to the beach or go somewhere where I'm just kind of like removed from my day-to-day -day stuff and a place where I'm just kind of surrounded by nature, that always helps inspire me. When I was in New York, I was really inspired by, you know, just kind of taking in all the people. Um, so I would sit in a park and just kind of observe, and that was another way that I, I would get inspired. I love that. I love that. Yes, I've gotten inspired in New York by doing that, too. You can do a ton of people watching. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. 
That is definitely mm-hmm. a good one. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is a great place for us to take a short break here from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is my BFF chatting with Nat. We'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on the Sim Radio Network. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sam Radio Network. And my guest, Megan Morrison. Let's talk about your music video, Devil Said Rome. What went into the making of that? I'm really uh, proud of what went into that because it took a lot of effort, not just from myself, but from everyone involved. My, my song, Devil Said Rome, on the album is my only kind of blues song that is not my style at all but that came to me I was sitting in my living room with my acoustic guitar one day and that song just kind of came into my head and I I was singing with a different band called Rev Lover then and we kind of started playing it live and it really kind of rocked so then when um, I started my solo project and put together my new band I knew that I wanted to incorporate that song but I wanted to kind of make it rock a little bit more so we were able to get this kind of awesome blues rock song together and immediately I thought of a western and my husband thought the same thing and so him and I just started brainstorming for like a year and we're watching all these western movies you know all the Sergio Leone and you know all the spaghetti westerns and and I got really really tied up into to that whole culture and that whole part of cinema it was just really fascinating and we just went down a rabbit hole. I'm really lucky to have a friend here in the performance community, um, Don Crothers, or um, Doc as we call him, and he does Civil War and Western reenactments, and he really helped put together the whole video, and his beautiful horse, Cherokee, is the one that I'm riding in the music video, so him and I would go out to parks, and he kind of got me back on a horse. It had been many years since I rode a horse, and he gave me the reins, and we're like, there you go. <laughs> so, so I got to bond and reconnect with uh, Cherokee the horse. That was the first time I had been on a horse, like I said, for, for a long time, and that was just amazing uh, on its own. And then he had a lot of the costuming that we wore um, especially the men, uh, well, mostly the men, the costumes that they wore. He had a lot of that in his wardrobe already, so that was really cool. And then he had um, these two friends that own a beautiful museum here in South Florida, and they have spent years collecting all these items from those days, and they just had this beautiful movie set on their property basically and they were gracious enough to let us film there so it's crazy how because I'm like how am I going to shoot a western in South Florida how is this going to work out 
And, you know, in my mind, like easily we could go out to Texas and shoot it if I had that kind of budget. But since I am an independent artist, I do not have that kind of budget. So it all just really fell together. I mean, it was a lot of hard work and research, but it all fell together nicely. And yeah, I can't thank uh, Doc and my husband were really the ones that really helped get this going. And everything from all the props that we used and and just the training um, that I did to get ready to get back on the horse and to, you know, spin a gun around my finger uh, and uh, to throw throwing tomahawks as my husband teaching me and you know, it was, a lot went into it, and when we uh, finally filmed it, I got to fly my mom down, and she got to have a little cameo in the video, and she was there for the full three days of shooting that we did, and and just there was so much uh, love, and, and everyone that was involved in the project was just so committed to it, and, and now we've just won all these awards, and it's just, it's really amazing to see something like that turn out the way that it did. Yes, and it is an awesome video for those of you that haven't gone out and watched it. Please go check out Megan's YouTube because it's on YouTube. And did you release it on Venmo as well? Uh, right now it's just on YouTube. Okay. All right. So it's out on YouTube. Be sure you guys go out and check it out. It's called Devil Said Rome. And you did mention that you have won some film awards. How many of those have you won for the video? That's a good a question. Lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, we won, uh, we just won Best Action Video in the California Music Video and Film Awards. We were a winner in the Toronto Women Film Festival, Best Music Video, Texas Short Film Festival. Uh, we were uh, an award finalist. The Vegas Movie Awards, just recently the L.A. Independent Women's Film Festival, we were selected, um, so that's um, that hasn't happened yet, but we just got selected for that. Oniros Film Awards in New York, Miami Golden Shorts, we won Best Music Video. And the list goes on. There's more that I'm not, that I'm not, that I'm not even mentioning. Well, congratulations. Mentioned. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, I've had some other music videos out and I submitted them. And, and my last music video, I did get a couple nominations and a, a couple finalists. But this one, I just kept getting emails like, wait, what? We're finalists again? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Music videos is one thing that I've just been really lax on. So I love seeing what other independent artists do with music videos because all I've ever done is just like lyric videos or I think there's like one video that I'm actually in and I filmed it myself with like my iPhone so you know it's one nice. area that I've not really like invested in so it's always cool for me to see what other people are doing and I love it when their accomplishments get like the accolades and those types of things in the awards because I know that a lot goes into the development of it, putting together the storyline and then also recording it and the editing and all that stuff. So it's really awesome. Thank you so much. There was a scene that uh, towards the end where it's raining and I'm I kind of come up from the ground and that scene took all night to film and <laughs> I had my bandmates and my sound engineer and my husband all laying in the dirt uh, acting as, as uh, soldiers with me. 
and we just had to do take after take and it was actually during the winter here it was freezing and we were soaking and we were on a farm and laying in mud and I was like these guys are never going to talk to me ever again after this <laughs> so <laughs> it's really glad that they that they didn't do it for nothing it's it's nice to at least have the awards for for their hard work because really people people really put in the effort and it made me really appreciate how the the team that I have behind me because I know people wouldn't just do that for for anyone so I am truly grateful for for everyone that made it happen Awesome. Well, again, everybody, go out to YouTube, check it out. It's on Megan's YouTube channel, and be sure to hit the thumbs up, like button on that if you would. Awesome. All right, before we get to the second song that you brought with you to share, Fire Performing. I mentioned this in your bio in the intro. Very unique. Really want to hear about this. Talk about your fire performing. How did you get involved in it? Fire performing came into my life when my husband came into my life. We met when I was living in New York, and he had just started doing it himself. He had been doing it for a year or two, and he had friends that did it. And we went to a music festival down in Honduras on this deserted island and it was a community of a lot of people that did fire performing and people from all over the world came to this festival and it was really the first time that I was exposed to it and I was immediately in love and that's where I I tried it for the first time was on this island in the middle of nowhere um, and that really stuck with me and so it was something over the next few years um, my husband taught me everything he knew and then I went on my own and, and learned everything I could. And then I was signed with a modeling agency at the time down here in Miami. And they found out that I did it and not many people were, were doing it yet. And so I was getting books for some music videos and got to do a music video with Pitbull and Elvis Crespo and um, a big reggaeton artist named Fuego down here. And I got to um, do it on stage at an award show with Jesse J. So that just kind of started happening, and then living in Miami, entertainment is just a big part of the culture down here. You go out to dinner somewhere to an, a big restaurant, I can guarantee that there's going to be some kind of live performance down here because it's everywhere now. So I am working about five nights a week as a fire performer, putting on these awesome shows, and that's really how I get my income to make my music is through my fire performing. So it's it's something that I, I'm really grateful that was introduced into my life. And the second I saw it, I, I knew I had to learn how to do it. So I've tried to incorporate it in all my music videos so far, just like some kind of fire element in my music video for Nine Lives. I'm wearing a fire crown that my husband made actually for me. And then in Devil Said Rome, the fire whip I am using at one point there. I had to learn how to do that. Uh, also, all the fire that you see burning in the background, that was all my husband creating that fire. Um, so uh, the fire element is very strong with my music, and I, I have incorporated a couple times live, and that's something that I'm working on because it's such a – powerful element and I, I am an airy sign as well so <laughs> I, I guess I was just meant to, to have fire 
be a part of my whole thing. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's become a part of who I am. Okay, now I want to come down to Miami and come and see you perform your, your yes. fire performance. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely – I actually have – a friend of mine is actually down there at the moment. I actually have a friend that lives in the Miami area, so she's another independent artist. So I should make a road trip one well, day and make – Come on down. You're playing. Yes, yes, yes definitely intrigued just so unique and I think it's wonderful so it's great I'm glad that you have that because yeah you know a lot of independent artists do side gig or day job if you will in order to help pay for the music but you know you're passionate about two things right the fire performing and the music and it's wonderful that you're able to do those simultaneously I think it's fantastic yeah I'm truly grateful for that yeah. All right. Switching gears. Before we run out of time, I would like to, us to play another one of your songs. So tell us a little bit about Good Company. Good Company is a song where I really talk about my past relationship with anxiety and addiction and depression and, and what it felt like when I was finally able to kind of leave them behind they'll quote my lyrics my mind was a dark lonely place shadowed by the mistakes I had made from the depths I have made my escape and I run Um, so it kind of goes back and forth uh, in the verse I'm kind of in my my addiction and my depression and then in the chorus I'm I'm you know escaping it so when I talk about good company I'm talking about alcohol I'm talking about my anxiety I'm talking about fear fear was a big part of that contributed to my anxiety and I I still I still work on that it's not like something that I have completely overcome and it's gone Uh, I still have to work every day to get out of anxiety and have that fear not just be you know present in the back of my mind because that really ruled my life for a while all that is the good company that I used to to keep and and it would just kind of you know the alcohol kind of helped comfort me and get me through it and I kind of accepted the dark place that I was in and and that was my life for a while, but it was not good company at all. And I realized that when I got out of it and, and that's why I wrote this song. Well, another song that conveys uh, an important message, right? Even if it is a reflective thought of some of the things that you used to go through. So let's play Good Company by Megan Morrison.
Another fantastic song. I've actually gone and listened to your entire album, and I love it from the first song to the last song. It is very unique. It has a ton of different genres in it, as we talked about previously. I love the mix. I love how each song tells a different story, because I can certainly get that from the way that you've arranged the album. And I think it's brilliant, brilliant album, and I commend you for releasing that and putting that together. Thank you so much. Good Company actually was a song that came very, very quick and easy to me, and the, the lyrics and the melody all kind of all came at the same time. I was sitting down at the piano, and I uh, I wrote that piano part uh, that I play on the album there, and, and it uh, kind of just really all fell together. That was probably one of the, the fastest songs that I wrote was that one. Um, and I love I love that um, piano part. I love when that happens, you know, when you have that or have an idea and then, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you have like almost a full song. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> it's such a good you know, feeling. <laughs> I know it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And the songwriter, I can certainly relate because that has happened to me as well, too. And those are the ones that I always tell people. Those are the ones that somebody, whoever you believe in, right? they wanted the universe to hear it. And that was why that came out quick amount of time and, and almost to forget. Yeah. 
So that's my philosophy, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. I love so, it. Before we sign off, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? How about where they can find you on social media, your website? Tell us where they can follow you. On my website, you can go to Morrison Music Official, also MeganMorrisonMusic.com. I am on social media, Instagram, Megan Morrison Music, same Facebook, Megan Morrison Music, M Morrison Music on Twitter. You can find me basically any social media account. I am there, uh, TikTok as well. I use my Instagram the most, so. But if you go to my website, www.morrisonmusicofficial.com, you can find everything that I do there, from fire performing to all my videos, recent releases. One thing we didn't talk about, I also do electronic music as well, and I've had some really cool collabs, and I have some new music coming out as well with some awesome artists. Um, So you can find all that stuff on my website. Awesome. Well, we'll have to have you back at another time to talk about some of those collabs because I'm sure they're going to be or have been fantastic. So definitely we'll tee that up for a second discussion. All right. I'd like to thank my wonderful guest, Megan Morrison, for taking the time to chat with me today. It has really been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to Mixing It on behalf of all of us here at Sim Radio. This is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing.